know her and have prayed for her, and we've stood with her, and uh, she is just doing wonderful. And we're so honored and thankful she is back to Texas. We like to get her to Texas every now and then. And uh, we're glad she's here. She's going to help us out in, uh, in just a moment. But uh, this is the love month. And uh, last week we talked about intimacy with God. And uh, just really building a relationship and what intimacy is and all of that. And today we're talking about intimacy with our spouse. Intimacy in marriage. And uh, how many knows that husbands and wives, men and women, are different? <laughs> Was that funny? <laughs> we think different. We act different. We process different. Uh, but God created us that way. Uh, because if we can get in harmony with our strengths and weaknesses, wow, it can be amazing. But uh, we're going to have a, a good time today. So uh, we just want you just to uh, just be patient with us. We're not actors, but uh, we want to prove this little point to you about the difference in men and women. attracted to a woman named Elaine, and when she, he asks her out to a movie, she accepts. They have a good time and enjoy each other's company, and a few nights later, he asks her out to dinner. Again, they enjoy themselves. They continue to see each other regularly, and after a while, they realize that neither of them is seeing anyone else. And then one evening, as they are driving home, a thought occurs to Elaine, and without really thinking about it, she says aloud, Do you realize that as of tonight, we've been seeing each other for exactly six months? Silence fills the car. To Elaine, it seems like a very loud silence. She begins to think to herself, Gee, I wonder if it bothered him that I said that. Maybe he's been feeling confined by this relationship. Maybe he thinks I'm trying to force him into something, some kind of obligation that he isn't sure of. And Roger is thinking, gosh, it's been six months? And Elaine is thinking, uh, but hey, I'm not so sure I was in a serious relationship either. Sometimes I wish I had a little more space so that I'd have time to think about whether I really want us to keep going the way we are, moving steadily toward where are we going? Um, are we going to keep seeing each other at this pace? Are we heading toward marriage, toward children, toward a lifetime together? Am I really ready for that kind of commitment? Do I even know this person? And Roger is thinking, six months? Hmm. That means it was February when we went out, right after I'd taken the car to the dealership. Hmm. 
me check the odometer. Wow, I'm way overdue an oil change. Meanwhile, Elaine is thinking, he's upset. I can see it on his face. Maybe I'm reading him completely wrong. Maybe he does want more from our relationship. More intimacy, more commitment. Maybe he sensed it, even before I sensed it, that I was feeling some reservation. Yeah, I bet that's it. That's why he's so reluctant to say anything about his own feelings. He's afraid of being rejected. And Roger is thinking, Hmm, I think I'm going to have him look at the transmission too. I don't care what those morons say. I, it's still, it's just not shifting right. And they'd better not blame it on the cold weather. I, what are they talking about cold weather? It's 87 degrees outside. And this thing is shifting like a garbage truck. And man, I paid those incompetent thieves 600 bucks. And Elaine is thinking, he's angry. I don't blame him. I'd be angry too. I feel guilty putting him through this. But I can't help the way I feel. I'm just not sure. And Roger is thinking. They'll probably say it only has a 90-day warranty, and that's exactly what they're going to say, those scumballs. And Elaine is thinking. I'm just too idealistic, waiting for night to come riding up on a white horse when actually I'm sitting right next to a perfectly good man. Sorry. I truly care about <laughs> A person who seems to truly care about me. A person who is in pain because of my self-centered schoolgirl fantasy. And Roger is thinking. Warranty. If they want a warranty, I'll give them a warranty. Roger. What? I, I'm sorry, what? Please don't torture yourself like this. Maybe I should have never said it. Oh, I feel, I feel so... I'm such a fool. I mean, I know there's no knight. I mean, I know, it's silly. There's no knight. There's no horse. There's a horse? You think I'm a fool, don't you? No. It's, it's just I need some time. There is a 15-second pause while Roger thinking as fast as he can, tries to come up with a safe response. Finally, he comes up with one that he thinks might work. Yes! Oh, Roger, do you really feel that way? Elaine is deeply moved, and she reaches over and touches Roger's hand. What way? Uh, the way about time. Uh, yes? Elaine turns to face him and gazes deeply into his eyes, causing him to become very nervous about what she might say next, especially if it involves a horse. At last, she speaks. Thank you, Roger. No, thank you. Roger takes Elaine home, where she lies on her bed, a conflicted, tortured soul, awake until dawn. And on the other hand, Roger gets back to his place, he opens a bag of Doritos, turns on the TV, and immediately gets involved into a rerun of a tennis match between two Czechoslovakians he's never even heard of.
A tiny voice in the far recesses of his mind tells him that something major was going on back there in the car, but he's pretty sure that there is no way that he would ever understand what it was. And so he figures it's best if he just not think about it. There is also Roger's policy regarding world hunger. The next day, Elaine will call her closest girlfriend, or perhaps two of them, and they will discuss the situation for six straight hours in painstakingly detail. They will analyze everything he said and everything she said, going over it time and time again, exploring every word, expression, and gesture for nuances of meaning, considering every possible ratification. They will continue to discuss this subject off and on for weeks, maybe months, never reaching any definite conclusions, but never getting bored with it either. Meanwhile, Roger, while playing racquetball one day with a mutual friend of his and Elaine's, will pause just before serving, frown, and say, Bill, did Elaine ever own a horse? And thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Trials of Our Lives. Now you know what your husband's thinking while you're driving down the road. Guys, we're just different. That's just all there is to it. And we're, we're created different for a purpose. A lot of those are good things. But uh, we want to just sh share with you today uh, some, hopefully some helpful hints, some helpful um, ideas, and uh, really just talk about intimacy uh, in marriage. Me and Amy have been married for tw over 25 years. <laughs> 25 happy years. All 25 have been happy. Are we perfect? No. Have we made mistakes? Yes. Have we had to say we're sorry? Yes. But it's been worth it. And so, so many, many times uh, at home or in the car or wherever we're at, uh, we've said over and over and over, we wish everyone could have the kind of relationship that we have. We're so blessed. But it takes work. And it takes a conscious decision. And so, you know, the last few years uh, uh, on this Sunday, we've dealt with a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things, a lot uh, of in-depth things, a lot of sex talk. But you know what we've come to find out? You're not doing it. Because you don't even like each other half the time. And you're not going to have sex if there's no intimacy. And even if you do, it leaves you just kind of empty and shallow and it's not fulfilling. And so we want to deal today primarily uh, with, with intimacy within marriage. Because out of this relationship, everything else will fall into place. Out of intimacy with God. People say, well, I just don't feel close to God. I come to church, I don't feel anything. I don't get anything out of it. It's because you do not have an intimate relationship with God. You may know Him. He may be your Savior. 
You may have a wife or a husband, but that doesn't mean you have an intimate relationship. You can even have sex, but that doesn't mean you have intimacy. And so we want to just talk a little bit about that today, and uh, we're going to go back and forth and hopefully share some things that will be a blessing to you. And uh, uh, as always, ladies first. Okay, just a second. I sent all the sound men out, too, because they're teenagers. <laughs> but that's all right. I can control it right here. I can control you with my iPad. If only it would work in other ways. If I just had a button to turn her on and off. Ooh. Come on, men. How many would have liked that button? How many would pay big bucks for that remote control? Well. I don't think that's what this is about. Too bad. There is no such thing. Okay, I'm on. You good? You're good. Let's give Maria a hand. (laughs) So glad to have her visiting from Lincoln, Arkansas. And she was here for our ladies' retreat. We talked her into staying yesterday, and I said, you can be our narrator. (laughs) She's like, okay. (laughs) I appreciate her so much. And that little skit came from a book. This summer we went to a conference, a pastor's conference in Dallas in a fellowship that we're a part of. And we got to hear these people speak on love and marriage. And they wrote this book. And I I really enjoyed them speaking, so I bought the book. And some of that's what we're going to be handing out to y'all in just a little bit. It's from their book. It's called The Making of a Marriage by Brent and Janice Sharp. And so they are like both doctors, and they are counselors and family and and couples therapy, and we just really appreciated hearing them. And so a lot of what we have to share with you today comes from that book. And, of course, personal testimony and different things, too. So talking about uh, intimacy, I just want to start by saying, you know, love. Love is that word. It was like, oh, love, love, love. I'm falling in love, and I feel love. You know, we feel a lot of emotion and we, uh, I said this yesterday to the ladies, you get goosebumps, you feel all giddy and you feel all happy, but then you just let one little thing happen and you can just fall right off of that wagon, right? So love is not necessarily a feeling, but it's a choice. And Samuel says that all the time. You have to choose to love. Well, if you are married in this building today, you made that choice. So at one time or another... You chose that partner, so now deal with it. I mean, you made the choice. So it may feel like, oh, it's too late for us, but it's never too late. You can change. People, we have the ability to change. Matter of fact, if you're not happy where you are, it's probably because you did change from where you once were. So we've got to figure out how to get back to that place. Uh, It says that the chemistry of falling in love only usually lasts about 18 months for couples. There's a chemical, you know, all your little enzymes triggering in your brain, but that doesn't last forever, the chemical part of it. So you have to learn the deeper elements of love. You have to choose to love. You have to maintain your commitment. You have to value your differences. Those little quirky things that are so cute when you're dating. You know, I married a drummer, right? 
He was so cute. I'd walk in church, and he'd be on the drums, playing the drums. But when he's, like, constantly playing the drums all the time in the car, on the recliner, you know, sometimes it's not as cute anymore, especially if you teach junior high. You know, when I teach school and I'm there and you're teaching junior high and you've got all the boys that are drummers all the time with their pencils on the desk, you know. And so I'm like, no more tapping, no more tapping. So sometimes those cute little things that you just thought were so adorable, you kind of don't appreciate as much anymore. But we need to get back to that because they didn't change. You changed. So look at yourself. Matter of fact, you really... We don't have an iPad. You can't control the other person. You can only control yourself. So ultimately, it's up to you. You have to make your changes. And if you are doing what's right, and you are true, I mean, we know, we like to say, well, I haven't done anything wrong. But you know, if you were doing everything that you could do, how would the reaction be? So you've got to... Uh, value differences, learn to communicate effectively, and then work as a team. Love is a feeling. Amy just talked about it, goosebumps and chills. And I mean, I felt that. I thought I was in love, and it turned out to be the flu. I mean, you know, oh, you had all that, but there's, I, I got that fixed, and I'm okay now. But I chose, I, choose, I wake up every morning, and I choose to love her again today. I choose to fall in love. And she said that, that emotion, that hormone, that thing is released. It lasts about 18 months. Here's the deal. During that 18 months, if you do something, if you reconnect again, if you fall in love all over again, then it can take off and, and start all over. That's why for 25 years, we're more in love now than we were then. We just thought we were in love then. But now we look back and we go, wow, we didn't know anything. Why? Because we keep reconnecting. Keep stirring up those feelings. Keep falling in love. And we keep choosing to love. Here's some common misconceptions. And that is that the behaviors of love result in the feelings of love. But the fact is, the feelings of love are a result of the behaviors of love. You see, I want him, I want him to say all the do, say all the right things, to do all the right things, and he's thinking, well, if I just, you know, I just show it and I don't have to say it. The deal is you have to show it and say it. You have to continue to do. You used to write those notes and send those cards. When you were dating, I mean you put on your Best faith. I actually, when we were dating and uh, I worked on a, on a job taping and bedding, I actually would go and take a shower and clean up, get the mud all off of me, and put on cologne and, 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 all, and brush my teeth and mouthwash and all of that, you know. But after you've been married 25 years, why you got to go to all that trouble? And sometimes it hurts my feelings a little bit when she says, your breath stinks. Well, I have a choice. I can be offended. I can pout. I can withdraw. Or I can go brush my teeth and come back and get some sugar. You see, it's a choice. Sometimes your spouse picks out some things and you get offended 
They're just trying to help you. But you are not doing all the things you used to do. You've got to step it up. So we've got to continue those things. Marriages don't fail because you married the wrong person. Marriages fail because you've not put enough deposits in the love bank. Did you know you have a love bank? How many has a banking account? How many ever went to the bank uh, or you wrote a check and it bounced? You didn't have enough money in the account to cover the check. Husbands wonder why. They haven't seen their wife all week. They haven't hardly spoke to them except for a, a refill or where's supper or what's this or that. And then all of a sudden, weekend gets there. They got a little time and they want to write a love check. And they just don't understand why it bounces. It won't cash. It's because you've made no deposits in the love account. There's been no kindness. There's been no words of affirmation. There's no, been no show of love. There's not been a lot of touching. We're going to talk about that in a minute because men and women touch different. And uh, they respond different to touch. But all of the things, they didn't get the compliments they needed. They didn't get the help they needed. They didn't get all those things. We didn't make those love deposits. You see, love the love bank is just like the battery in your car. There's negative and there's positive. Working together, there's power. But you can't have too much. You get too much negative charge. You get too much drain. You get too many things pulling on that. And pretty soon you go to start the car and what happens? Yeah, we always like to crawl up in that romance car. We're like, you see, we're expect guys. We're expecting, and we get in, and it's like, and we're like, hey, what's what's up? It's because you've been draining her battery all week with your little negativity and with your pressure and with all the, the things. You have not been making deposits in the love bank. You have not been giving the compliments and all the things she needs. But I'm telling you something, you get her battery fully charged and you get the account full, you can write a big check and it'll, it'll clear. I think they know what I'm saying, talking about. But they might not, I don't know. Communication. <laughs> That's about what we're talking about. Well, you know, we kind of exemplify that in our little skit. Think, we don't think the same. We don't talk the same. One study shows that the average woman speaks 25,000 words per day, and the average man 12,500. That's half as many words per day. I know why. Okay. Because we are gentlemen, and we don't like to interrupt y'all when y'all are talking. There is a Stanford University study that studied preschool age children. So, you know, you've been around little children. They have no filter. They don't worry about what you're doing, what you're not doing. They just carry on life as usual. I wish we could go back there sometimes, just have the carefreeness of a small child. So they're, all they're doing is they're just watching these children talk. And it says like the little girls, when they're playing with their dolls or in their kitchen or whatever, they're playing with full sentences. Everything they do is words. They use their words. They talk the whole time. Little boys, when they're playing, they only talk 68% of the time. 
The rest of the time were noises, um, like groans, shooting, banging, chopping sounds, grunts, and growls. Men, men still communicate with grunts and growls. And so from, I mean, it's just kind of in uh-huh. men that, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they just kind of make noises more than talking. So there's just not as much words going on. There's a lot. We weren't just going to do fact, 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 fact. But there's so many different mechanisms that are just, we're not created the same. God didn't create it to be that way. And so when we're talking about communication, we have to, it's a two-way street. And so although we, you say that you're listening because we're talking so much, but we still need to work on listening skills, Right? What did you say? I missed it. Yeah. I was thinking about where we're going to eat. <laughs> Guys, what we really need to practice on is our listening skills. Because, see, we are problem solvers. And what we like to do is fix stuff. So all of a sudden, she begins her sentence with something's wrong, and we tune out and we miss the entire conversation because we're already we're trying to fix the, what she said first. Was it the car? Was it the kids? Was it this? Was it that? Or we're drifting off to what's, what's the score or what's this or that. And, and, and we've learned, however, now and then to just go, uh-huh, and smile and nod. Well, sometimes that'll get you in trouble. I know my wife has intentionally, in the middle of conversation, said crazy things just to see if I was paying attention, you know. Because we're just not paying attention. And all the, you know, she'd be like, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go buy me a new diamond ring. And you know, I'd be like, hey, what, what, what was that? What you, wait a minute. You know, uh, we, we, have to, we have to really pay attention. Because here's the deal. Women doesn't necessarily want you to fix the problem. They just want you to listen to it. And agree with them. They want you to be on their side. It's not about fixing it all. It's about listening, trying to understand and, and what's important and avoid all the, the negative feedback. Listen, what she, when she's telling you things, here, it, I, have a, I, do, I have a problem, a few. <laughs> but as a pastor, I'm always trying to see the good in people and I'm always trying to, to see the other side. And, you know, you're, you're working with husbands and wives. And, you know, the, this one's upset. And I'm trying to but, but see it from their point of view. And so all of a sudden she comes to me with a problem. And she's been hurt. And she's been slighted and done wrong. And all of a sudden I start trying to get her to see the others. She don't want them to see the other side. She wants me on her side. She wants me to go, well, I can't believe they did that. I'll go. Now, she doesn't really want me to do it. She just wants me to be supportive and understand what she's going through instead of trying to always see the other person's side and fixing everything. When it comes to it, take your wife's uh, side. Listen, don't be negative. Don't point out, you know, things. Well, well, you know, that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't. Have blood. Whoa, wait a minute. That's not the time she needs to hear that. Guys, we're bad about that, aren't we? Pointing out the wrong things at the wrong times. So, Lord, help us to be a little better on that. Try to hear the heart of the matter, not just try to fix the problem right off the bat. Because most of the time, they already really know what to do. 
They already know how to do it. They just need somebody to complain to. And that can go both ways. So let's say that your husband's had a really bad day at work, and he just wants to come home and vent. And I know guys don't do a whole lot of venting because sometimes they just shut down. And you think, what have I done? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? That really has nothing to do with you at all. They've had a bad day. And so sometimes you just have to give them a little space. Space is good. Just a little bit of time. And then you can go in and, and, and watch when you decide to have your conversation. Like if it is in the middle of a show, that's probably not the best time to have a conversation. If it's in the middle of a game, probably not. There's commercials. Commercials are a good time to start a conversation if it's a short conversation. <laughs> but, you know, just use wisdom. If you know something's going to push the wrong button, don't push it. I mean, that's a hard thing to do because sometimes we just want to push it on purpose because we're mad. But that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> and we really want to do the right thing because you can, like I said earlier, you can only control you. So why start something when you know there's not time to? See, I can push your buttons. <laughs> I'll take that. Bad <laughs> decisions toys. make you lose no. your toys. That's right. You're grounded. <laughs> you were just talking about pushing buttons and controlling people. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's a bad example. I'm sorry. For everybody out there. <laughs> um, only discuss one issue at a time. Like, we tend to build things up, and then when we get just totally mad, this and this and this and this and this, and it's just too much information. So only just, if there's something going on you need to discuss, do it right then, and just take care of that issue. But then you have to let it be gone. You can't keep bringing up the past to the present. The past is the past. There's no way you're going to be able to move forward if you keep living in the past. Forgive, forget, and start fresh right now. Let today be the first day for the rest of your life, right? This moment right here, we're going to start fresh. We're going to start new. Whatever happened on the way to church this morning doesn't count anymore. Maybe there's towels laying in the floor where you don't want them. That doesn't matter now. Okay, let's start fresh. Fresh start, clean sweep. We try to do that as, I hate to keep going back to school teaching, but we have to do that. When a kid comes to me from a previous year, I really don't want to read all that stuff from the last year. A lot can happen over a summer. This is a new year, so maturity, hopefully, has come into that person. Let's start fresh. Now, if you mess up, then we're going to have to visit that. But we don't want to keep bringing up, drudging up the past. And that can be with our kids as well as our spouse, friends, our parents. We need to forgive and move forward. I know Maria told me the other day, last night, this is my life. I only get one. I'm not going to waste my time with stuff that's not important. And if there's something I want to do, I'm going to do it. Going to be bold about it, Amen. and that goes into every part of your life. You can't 
worry so much about what's going to happen in 10 years, what's going to happen tomorrow. We've got to do right now and forget yesterday because that's under the blood. Okay? It's forgiven. It's forgotten. Let's start fresh. The Bible says don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't go to bed mad. And men, the Bible says you're the priest of your household. There's times that you're going to have to be the one to roll over and to say, I'm sorry. But it's no, it's my fault. Has no, it doesn't matter whose fault. You're one. You see, the day that you got married, when you said, I do, you became one. And so there is no my side, your side. This is one. And so God says, if you're mad at each other, he won't even hear your prayers. He said, you, you, go, you go make it right with them first, then I'll hear you. And so every night, make it right, say, I'm sorry. And get up the next morning and start all over again. Amen? So we got to work on some communication skills. we got to work on some of those things. We're building an intimate relationship. So we're going to shift gears a little bit. And we're going to talk about uh, romantic differences. There's some differences in men and women when it comes uh, to romance and to sex. You talked about a while ago, a man comes home, he's stressed, he's had a bad day, and I mean, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he may be mad, and he's got all of this, and you want to talk, and we just want to have sex. Why? Because for a man, sex is stress relief. It's the way God intended it, it's the way God created us, it's the way God made us, we can't even think right. And all of a sudden, because of that physical release, our brain is cleared up a little bit to even think, to have a conversation, to be able to, to relate. And we've calmed down a little bit. And so that's just the way God created us. I'm sorry, but that's the way it works. But that's not the way it works for y'all. No. I understand. It's, a, it's like a paradox, okay? So that is what men feel like is a stress reliever. But for women, we need a stress-free environment in order to have sex. So like the women, they need the house clean, the dishes put away, the laundry on the bed put up. Guys, dishes be piled high, house dirty. We do it right on top of all the laundry. Don't make a bit of difference to us. It's just the way it is. There's a difference. So guess what? You have to learn to compromise. You have to learn. Sometimes, ladies... You may have to shut the lights off in the kitchen and say, I'll deal with this tomorrow. My husband is more important. Because here's what's happening. Or you can do the dishes together. Hate that idea. Oh, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. Oh, I've said it a million times. Some of the most romantic, sexiest things you can do is vacuum and clean and scrub toilets. I'm telling you. Make her, make her feel like she's worse than this. So, so, men, here's the deal. We use sex to get close to our wives. That's what, that's what it makes us do. It makes me feel close to you. And women need that emotional connection first in order to enjoy sex. Man, it's that paradox again. Two doxes. It's a pair of them. I don't yeah. understand it. Anyway, sex for men, it's an emotional expression. For men, we're like, I want to show you how much I love you. And that's how we show it. But for women, sex has to flow out of the intimate emotional relationship. We need to hear it 
and feel it throughout the day and the mood be just right and all the good stuff. The kids would be out of the house, all that great stuff. I'm going to ask our ushers real quickly. If you, now you can jump up and pass out those pink slips. One per couple. There may be enough for everybody, but start with one per couple. Well, yeah, but just hold on to it. We're not doing that yet, but we're just going to, uh, I just want to get them in your hands. I'm, yeah, time is slipping. Uh, well, I want to talk real quickly about the top five emotional uh, or the, the love needs for man and a woman. They're the same. There's a bunch of them, but the top five are the same for men and women, but they're not in the same order. And so sometimes we, if we, we, if we don't understand the order, we get out of order and we expect them to be on the same page and it just, don't, it just not, doesn't work. So here's the deal for men. Here's what we want. Unconditional love and acceptance. I want to know that you love me no matter what. No matter if I fail, if I do good, if I don't do good, if, if I leave my underwear on the floor or if I remember to pick them up. If I open your door, I don't. I just want to know if I make a mistake, you're still going to love me. Yeah, and, and Samuel's always told me, and not necessarily in our relationship, but just, you know, we talk to a lot of people, and he said, never, so this is for the women, this is a man's never, never give a man an ultimatum. That's hard, but we can't use sex as a weapon. You can't be like, well, if you don't do that, then you're never going to get that. You can't, you can't live that way. You have to love your spouse regardless of the circumstances. Like I said earlier, you made the choice. So now walk it out. Walk it. You love them no matter what. They make mistakes. They fall down. But I'm not going to say, well, if you don't ever, if you don't pick up your clothes, then I'm not going to whatever. No ultimatums. The Bible says that when you get married, when you say I do, you lost the right to your body. The Bible says when you get married, your, my body belongs to her. And she can do with what she wants to, when, where, how. I found, see, I used to think, I, I was dumb, I was young, and I always thought when I get married, I can have sex anytime I want to. I got married and found out I can have sex anytime she wants to. Just saying. Just so happens that number one for women and number one for men is the same, unconditional love. For a man, it means what he said, I'm going to stay with you, affirm you, support you, love you, no matter what. For a woman, it's more like safety and security in which you accept me just as I am. All my flaws, no ma- you know, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You see all my flaws, all my weaknesses, and love me in spite of them. And that's unconditional love to a woman. We want to know you're going to be there no matter what. Because if you keep threatening to pack the bags, you're going to come home and your bags will be packed. So don't do that. Number two, sexual intimacy for a man. Our intimacy for a man, the way we spell intimacy is S-E-X. That's how we spell it. And a woman spells intimacy T-A-L-K. That's not the kind of oral I was thinking about, but that's... That's just talking about it. It's a different story. A total different thing. Intimacy actually just comes. Just talking. Okay. Intimacy comes from the Latin word that means innermost. Innermost. So that's what intimacy means. I was still stuck back on the S-E-X. It was just on my head. I couldn't. 
I know. See, guys and girls, where we just, man, our, our brains just, women are just, they want to talk. They want to tell about the day. And we just want to get to the action. Guys, we have to compromise. You've got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to respond. You've got to learn. Wives, what would happen? Please don't do it. Don't do it to me. But right in the middle of a conversation, if they stopped and said, would you please repeat the last three things I said? Oh, Lord, please don't do that to me. But, guys, we have to do better. They to, Intimacy for a lady. Remember, they talk twice as much than us. God gave us two ears. Let's begin to use them. And if we'll listen to her and affirm what she's saying, then... Our intimacy issues will get solved also. And you can build that all day long, even though we have cell phones now. So we're in a total different age than before. So come on out of the dinosaur age, get you a cell phone, and send a text message to your spouse during the day. At your lunch break, at your 15-minute break. You know, whenever throughout the day, you don't, that goes both ways, men and women. But you don't have to wait anymore till you get home at 5.30 or 6 o'clock to have conversation, to be meaningful to one another, to let them know, I've been thinking about you throughout the day. You can text. You can send little notes. You can, if you pack a lunch, write a little note on their napkin and stick it in the lunch so that when they get there, they get to read that. I used to do that to my kids. And then when they got older, I thought, well, they weren't going to do that. They wouldn't care if I did that anymore. And Jacob came home one day from school, and he said, I didn't have a note in my lunch. And I was like, you still want to know? Okay. So <laughs> I was like, sure. Every time I made him a lunch to write something on their napkin. And then I got pretty colors. And all through Haley's senior year, you know, after Jacob was gone, I still did it for her. And so even with kids, we're, we're just grown-up kids. I mean, honestly. So, me. We, yeah. We just still are young at heart. And we still like those things. We need those things. We need to be affirmed all throughout the day. That builds intimacy. You've already kind of talked some things out throughout the day so you can have the S-E-X you want. Keep talking. For a, for a man, the third thing that's important for us is companionship. We're looking for somebody. That's our third. We're looking for friendship, true friendship, trust, uh, somebody to be honest, encouragement, share our interests, our activities. We're looking for somebody that, that will stand beside us and be our friend. And so that's, for, for us, number three, we want companionship. And that's on our list, but not next. Number three for us is spiritual intimacy. Now then, because women crave intimacy so much more than men, we want that you know, we, we romanticize it, just like in our little skit. Oh, I want the knight on the white horse to come in and then run us off to the castle, you know, and all that. But what you could do in this day and age is plan the date night. I want you to pick the place to eat. I want the, you know, think about when you're dating, a lot of times the, the man did plan the night out. But then when you get married, it's all like, what are you going to do? You know, we want the guys to take the initiative. God created the husband as the head of the house. So as Christ loved the church, he wants the husband to love the wife. And he wants 
He gives that headship to them. And I think, honestly, that's what women want. They want the man to take the lead. So lead me. Come on, bring her to church. Don't send her. I'm going to take you to Brother David's favorite French restaurant. Jacques in the box. Number four. Men, we're looking for encouragement and we're looking for affirmation. Affirm me. Tell me I'm the man. You know, I'm saying, who the man? I want you to say, you the man. You know, you know I know you're looking for Fabio. You got Flabio. Affirm me. Come on now. Tell me, tell me I'm the best looking man ever. I'm the strongest. Give me some words of affirmation. That's what men are looking for. We're looking for you to affirm that we're the man. You are the man. I demand. I am blessed. I mean, honestly, we said that we wished everyone could have a marriage like us. But I tell you what, you have to have a man like this. So, but you can, men. You can aspire to be great. And uh, my husband is great. He prefers me. He thinks about me. He makes choices with me and mine. He saves money and he takes me out. He books a hotel. We go to Dallas and we spend the weekend. And uh, he takes good care of me. So I do affirm him. Number four for women is actually encouragement and affirmation as well. Women want to know that they are the most important person in your life. I mean, I know you have to work, and I know you have to all these responsibilities that fall on husbands and wives. But when it comes right down to it, so maybe you need to just take a day off. Just take a sick day. Take a personal day and spend the day as a couple. You know, just do something to let them know they truly are the most important person to your life. You know, if all else fails... I'm going to choose you. You know, I quit this. I'll find another job. I'll do this. What's most important to me is you. And whatever it takes to please you, that's what I want to do. And that's what we need to do as husbands and wives. And number five for men is, is spiritual, I mean, spiritual intimacy. I do want a woman of God, and I have that. I'm so honored to have a woman of God. But, you know, that's, it's kind of different for men and women on those, our priorities. Uh, but we're looking for somebody who uh, is respectable and someone who we know is going to do the right thing. And we're looking for someone uh, who we can trust. And so I thank God that I have that. You do number five and we'll jump on. We've got to go. Okay, number five for us is companionship. So those two just got swapped. But just being friends, you have to be friends first. I mean, that's what draws you to a person when you're dating. You feel like, oh, you know, you can just have a good time. You can just hang out. You're just great Friends, what do you do with a friend? You confide in them. They're a companion. You know what? I can tell him anything, and I do. And you have to be that way as well. You cannot keep secrets in a marriage and be successful. Everything has to be out on the table. This is it. This is what all the, this is all the ugliness that there is to have. And then to know that they love you anyway, that goes back to number one, the unconditional love. As, as we, we kind of shift, we're going to talk about, what side am I talking about? Thank you. Uh, but let's just share a little bit of some ideas. This is, you got your little pink slip. And uh, guys, I'm going to give you some homework. Because Valentine's is coming up. We've got a challenge for you. Most of you, a lot of you know the seven-day challenge. 
Uh, I got some other challenges for you. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're talking about building this intimacy, building this relationship. I want to be with her until death do us part. Not till she kills me. Not, uh, you know, th this is, I, I want this to last. I want uh, to, to, so it's important as you start to share those secrets, be able. And as you do that, little by little by little, then when something happens, you're not afraid to share that with your spouse because you know they're not going to look down on you. They're not going to think bad of you. No matter what you say to them, you want to know, you know what? Number one, I can trust them. They're not going to tell anybody my deepest secret. Number two, uh, they're going to support me. and They're not going to think bad about me because that's how God is. Do you think God knows every, your deepest, darkest secret and He still loves you? Your spouse needs to know the same thing. Men, I want to talk to you just about this Valentine's coming up and this rest of this month. I want you guys... Forever. Oh, forever. Not the rest of this month. Forever. Romance doesn't end on February 14th. It's a year-round thing that we want all the time. That's a lot of pressure. All the time. Romance, guys, we, we hear that word and we're just like, uh, that's a girly thing. I'm not going to no girly movie. You know, here's the deal, guys. Sometimes you have to watch the girly movie because it's what she likes. Sometimes she lets me watch, you know, all the movies where things get blown up and stuff. I like things getting blown up. She'll watch boxing with me. You know, she don't necessarily care for it. Uh, you know, she'll watch the fights and, you know, at the bloody parts. She's like, oh, I don't like that. But she'll watch it with me. And I watch the girly stuff. It's not my thing. You know, it's okay. But the deal is she likes it. And so the things you have to compromise. So, guys, when you're making a date, and here's a bunch of ideas. I'm not going to read them. There's 25 ideas. And you may go, I, I, I don't like none of those. Well, make up your own. What does she like? When you're planning a date, Think about what does she like? What kind of food does she like? Don't go where you want to go, what you want to do. Plan the date on what she would like. And, uh, uh, you know, be romantic. Uh, make it your priority. Choose the right time. And uh, here's the deal, guys. Sometimes we want to be romantic. We pick the wrong time. Some of you, I, I look out, a lot of you younger couples you've got kids and stuff and you guys come in and you want to you, you you want to be romantic and she's got a baby hanging on one leg stuff frying on the stove you know dishes in the in uh, the house and all of a sudden and you want to be romantic that's the wrong time and then we get offended because well i tried listen choose the right time uh, and you and know, things will be better. one thing I want to say, it's not necessarily on here. I mean, it kind of is. It says choose a sacred time, number two. One thing that we have done throughout all the years is we always go on a trip for our anniversary without our kids. We love our kids, and we try to do a family trip every year, but we go on a trip without them. And they have fun. Like, I don't even know that they ever miss us because we make sure they're with grandparents or cousins or friends. They've got fun stuff going on, or we used to when they were little. Now they're like, just have to be on their own. But when they were little, and they, they didn't even miss us at all. They had so much fun at Grandma and Grandpa's. 
they could care less that we were even there. Because, you know, what you get to do at Grandma and Grandpa's is everything that you don't get to do at home. Right? So it's okay to leave your kids with a sitter. They're actually having more fun with the sitter than with you. Because the sitter doesn't get on to them. <laughs> so don't, be, don't feel guilty about leaving your children. Leave them. And go. Because this is what's left. We're looking at 22 and 18. They're going to be moving out of the house and having their own spouses and their own lives. When? Who knows? Someday, some happy day. No, I'm kidding. I love them being home. No, but that leaves us with each other. And we've seen all too many couples get to this stage in life and be like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Because it's all been about the kids, the kids, the kids. And they haven't had anything for themselves. You have got to have alone time with your spouse. Something special. Get a hotel room if you need to. Get away from, it can even be in Tyler. We have gotten a hotel room in Tyler before. But we're away. We're on vacation. You're not at home, right? So make time. Go on a date night. I love date night. We haven't had one this year. Really? One reason is prayer and fasting. I mean, that is just not fun at all. But No, it's not. But, um, and you know, what are you going to eat when you go out and you're praying and fasting? But anyway, so here we are. We make a date not go to the movie, go out to eat, go play putt-putt, go bowling, just go walk. Well, you know, now we're kind of old. We go to Walmart on our date night. Whatever you need to do. But just the two of you, make a date. And that's what this means. Choose a time. If, you know, if you're busy on the weekends with kids having ball and all that kind of stuff, well, then maybe y'all need to have your date night on Monday nights, you know, at 7 o'clock, leave the kids with the neighbor, and the two of y'all go out, have a quick dinner, go parking. You know, I don't know. Whatever you need to do. Hey. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Guys, get your kids out of your rooms, get them in their own beds, get them a bedtime, lock on your door. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. Let's talk about, you, you got the pink slip, read it, do what it says, and uh, well, let's really move on this real quickly. we got to get done. Right here? I thought we were right there. Well, okay. Intimacy is not just about sex. So my, uh, this is to the men. You need to learn, because women do want to be touched, don't get me wrong. They do, but there's different kinds of touching. There's groping, and there's touching, okay? So, learn to touch and caress without the end result being sex. Does that make sense? We were, we were, we were studying, reading this book and studying, and she said, do you, ever, do, do you ever touch without thinking about sex? I said, sweetheart... I only think about sex on the days that end in Y. And but then on the other hand, so we you know we want men to think about cuddling, caressing, meaningful touches throughout the day. You know, just holding hands. Walk. You know, when you get out of the car and you walk to Walmart, do you hold hands? Are you like one of you, like five steps in front of the other, running off, leaving the other one? You know, walk together, touch. But then on the, on the flip side, 
feel like we're just bashing the men. Women, there are times when you can make a decision to have sex, even if you don't feel like it. Preach it, sister. Just do it. Just do like it. Nike. Just do it. There you go. And enjoy it. Here's the deal. It can be fun. Sex is supposed to be fun. It's adult play. It's what God... Who created it? God. God wants you as husbands and wives to have fun. He wants you to be intimate. He wants you to have that intimacy, that relationship with Him and with one another. He wants this to be fulfilling and meaningful. And there's going to be good days and there's bad days. You've got to learn to do something to spice things up. Now, as we're closing out, last week we talked about intimacy with God. And I challenged you to do something new. Anytime you get in a rut, anytime things get kind of stagnant, you got to change it up. Uh, you got to have a, you know, get you, I told you, get you a new devotional. Uh, change your prayer time. If you only read one scripture, read two. Do something to show God, Lord, I, I want to make this better. And so I challenge you to do that. Well, we're talking about intimacy in marriage. My challenge to you is the same. Do something new. Now, I know you're saying, we've been married 25 years. There ain't nothing new. Oh, yes, there is. You got to think of it. You got to come up with something. We've, there, there's, we've been doing a couple of new things we can talk about, actually. One thing that we just started doing start. just the last couple of weeks is I got a journal, and I bought this just a little journal, and we've just been writing like just a one page, and it's a little journal, it's not very big, just a little one-page love note. You know, we grew up before cell phones existed, and you know, when you're in high school, what do you do? You write notes, and you pass them to each other, and it's just a lot of fun. It's funny, I was getting on to Haley one day about, you know, she's like, oh, I'll just text them. It was like this boy that liked her, and she was going to tell him, you know, I don't like you back. And uh, she's like, I'll just text him. I was like, no, don't you need, think you need to do that face-to-face? And she said, well, what did you do? And I was like, well, I guess I wrote a note. So it's the same thing. I concede. Texting is probably the same thing that I did, but we just didn't have phones. But here's the, diff- the, the thing with text. What do we end up doing with them? Delete. You send that sexy text, whatever, and then you delete it, okay? So that was a good idea. She had. I loved it. We've been writing little <laughs> notes. We le- she'll write a note and leave it where I can find it. And I'll say, hey, that book's in a different place. I'll pick it up and I'll read it. <gasps> a few days later, I'll write her a note, you know. And then we laughed and we said, what if our kids, what, what, one day we're going to die and our kids are going to find this book and they're going to read it. And we're like, oh, well, we're dead. We don't care. Burn it. <laughs> Burn, Burn it. The Burn book. the book. In the book. I don't know. You might learn something. And so that's one, that's one thing we've been doing new. We just started because we, we love to text. But uh, the second thing, we, we've always, all of our life, we're very touchy-feely. And we've always, our wedding night, the very first thing we did on our wedding night when we got to the hotel was rubbed each other's feet. Because we had stood in the receiving line for about four hours. And, I mean, we could not hardly stand up. So we've always enjoyed back rubs and foot rubs and, and all of that. But uh, just last month, uh, I bought a massage table. And we've been giving each other real massages. 
and uh, we're not very good at it. But uh, and it's work. It's it's for the for the one giving the massage. It's work. Your back hurts. You're like, oh. but but it's about them, you know. And so that's that's been fun. It's something new we've never done, but it's been fun. So do something new. Think of it. This is a time to share ideas and fantasies of what. Hey, you know what? I'd like to. And don't go. What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? You're done. Listen, listen to them and go. You know what? What I'll make it happen. Whatever you would like. And so I'm encouraging you to try something new, uh, do something spontaneous, uh, uh, get out of your rut, and uh, start doing something uh, that'll be exciting. On the back side of your pink sheet. It's got love nugget ideas, and these are just very simple things that you could decide to do. But what I want y'all to do, what part of your homework, is to make up your own list. And this is ten, but you could even just do three or five things. And what you're going to do is, women, you write down something that he could do to make you feel special. What could he do to make you feel loved? And men, what could she do to make you feel loved? And just write them down and then exchange it. And then for the next 21 days, try to implement those things. Like, number one, write me a love note and leave it for me. Well, for the next 21 days, if that's something on their list, at least every other day. You don't have to do it every day, but don't skip a week. At least every other day, implement one of the things from their list. And after 21 days, it should become a habit. And then you're just going to be doing these things that make them feel loved without even having to think about it because it's a habit that you formed. It may just be bringing my coffee to me when I get up in the morning. You know, it may be putting your laundry in the laundry hamper instead of on the floor by the bed. I mean, you know, it could be something really simple, but it means something to you. And so it could be taking your shoes off outside and then sweeping up the floor. You know, everybody's love language is a little different. And so sometimes we don't even know. I mean, you know, if my love language wasn't gifts and he just kept buying me stuff and buying me stuff and buying me stuff, everyone else would be like, oh, how sweet. And I would be like, he's just spending all the money. We don't even have, you know, this or that or blah, blah, blah. So this way you get to know what your spouse really likes. And then you can choose to do those things. And then it just becomes a habit. And you're making deposits in the love account. Deposits in the love bank. And then you have something to draw from. Let's just close out. Uh, you know, there's so many people. You, you live and you go and you learn. And people say, well, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at guys. I'm not good at the romance stuff. And It's never too late. Says, well, I'm not even good at sex. It's never too late. Learn. Learn. Get a book. There's something called Google. <laughs> learn. Not talking about pornography. Stay away from that. But listen, guys, learn. Learn how people, how the women work. Learn and, 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 and practice. See, that's the thing. We, we, we haven't perfected it. We just like to practice a lot. Someday we'll get it right. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. Now, the last challenge, a lot of you know what it is. Uh, we just came out of a month of prayer and fasting. 
uh, time of, of seeking the Lord and, and not having all that physical intimacy and, and focusing on the Lord. Now then, I'm encouraging you to focus your attention on your spouse. And this is for all you married couples. Uh, one of the guys this morning uh, came in and uh, needed to take a shower in my, in my, in our, in, at the church. They said their uh, water heater was out and I knew they just went on a date. And I said, well, you need to take a cold shower. So uh, uh, maybe if, if you're not married, this is not... I'm talking to you, Jacob and Haley. That's who I'm talking to. Y'all listen. Pay attention. This is not for y'all. <laughs> All of you married couples, I'm challenging you to uh, the seven-day challenge. To make love seven days in a row. Seven days, seven nights, seven afternoons. Uh, here's the deal. And you know what? Uh, me and uh, I won't tell you who. Uh, it was someone else we were talking about today and getting excited about it. And uh, we decided that as the Bible says, if you come to church and you pray and, and you do all that and you think you've done something, the Bible says that's your reasonable service. So if you make the seven-day challenge, that was just your reasonable service. So hey, maybe go for twice a day. After I don't know. I'm just saying. Here's what I. But be careful. See what are you talking about? We have a lot of babies been born out of the seven-day challenge. So if you're not looking for another baby, you've got to be careful there. But, uh, hey, we got to grow the church somehow. We're doing good. But it's not just about the act. Men, take the lead. Plan, dates, romance, candles, movie. I'm going to take you on a date. I didn't realize it had been, we hadn't been this year, but... We've been so busy, I guess I apologize. It's important, even in our busy schedule, to take some time out for our spouse. So, thank you. Thank you. I love you. I learned, I've learned some things today. We're never too old to learn, and we're never too old to uh, implement. I had a, a friend of mine, uh, uh, well up into his 80s, uh, got married, and uh, someone asked him, you know, when uh, someone your age gets married, uh, what kind of uh, changes or modifications do you need to make, you know, in your relationship? He said, the only modifications I made is which way to put the toilet paper on the roll. So, listen, you're never too old to, to love one another. So, let's stand to our feet. I want every husband and wife in the house to uh, hold hands. If, if you're a guest today and this is the first time you've been to the Lord's house, I just want to apologize to you. This is not our normal Sunday morning, I promise. But once a year is probably not enough to encourage husbands and wives to love each other the way God intended. But uh, this is the day we've chosen. Your kids have been learning on how to have a, a good just friendships and dating relationships. Next week, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to be preaching on uh, the intimacy in a family. Parents getting along with their kids, not frustrating them kids honoring father and mother so if you got teenager kids get them next week because we're going to talk about how the family needs to function and it's going to be good so father today i thank you so much for my bride thank you lord for the love of my life and i pray that you would help me be the husband that you've called me to be help me not to be selfish lord help me to uh know her love language and Lord, make those deposits in her account to help her be fulfilled and satisfied. 
I pray, Lord, that you would help me be the father you've called me to be, the pastor you've called me to be. But how in the world am I going to lead anybody else if I can't uh, take care of my own? So, Lord, help me first, Lord, to, to honor her. I pray every day to tell you for every husband and wife here, holding hands, Father, it's not too late. Nothing they've done is not fixable. Today I pray that they would make a conscious decision to love. And they would begin to act it. And then the feelings will come back. I pray, Lord, that you help them forgive one another for the past. Not hold it against each other. I pray that they would truly move past the hurt. And they would love again. I pray that true intimacy would fill their heart and their mind. And I pray that you would let this uh, remainder of this month, Lord, just be a, a, a new beginning for each marriage. And I thank you for it. Bless the remainder of this week. I pray, Lord, that you would just cover us with your blood, protect us, bring us back. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 I'm, I'm going to ask you to be seated for one more second. Sister Kiki's coming uh, with a few announcements, and then Jacob's going to close you out. And we'll see you at the back door. Hello. Is it working? It's on. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, this Thursday is the Adults Valentine's Banquet at Bruno's on Old Jacksonville Highway. Uh, make sure you see Sister Joan today if you still need to pay for that. Uh, it's uh, $15 per person. Uh, the youth, extreme youth, they're having their uh, Valentine's party this Wednesday. Um, they're going to meet at the church and leave to go to J.L. Nortino. Nortino. Uh, they're gonna, uh, they'll need about $10 to pay for their meal at the church, I mean at the restaurant. And that is this Wednesday also. Uh, tomorrow night is Manor House. Uh, volunteers need to be here at 6, and it's open up to the public at 6.30. And the birthdays, today we have Maria Vargas and Alan McCracken. On the 10th is Tanya Bruton and Michael Tarvin. On the 11th, Chip King and William Moore. The 13th, Maria Reeves and Wes Lewis. The 14th, Molly Richardson and London Mitchell and anniversaries we have the 13th george and stephanie suler Couler, and on the 13th also ricardo and gladys molina yeah, let's pray lord bless thee and keep thee the lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee the lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace we put your name on your people today keep us safe lord Pray work in our hearts and encourage all the couples out there to do what Dad told them to do. Amen.